guys asked me what my perfect night would be, I told them the truth. Beer and board games. They thought I was kidding. I was not kidding. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Personal Arrogance Podcast, episode number 129. I am your host, Jesse Wilson, and with me this week, as always, is... Eric Walquist, thank you for listening, listener. Uh, thank you. Of course, we are always brought to you by the Bald Move Network. Check yep. it out, baldmove.com. BM.net. <laughs> that's a that's a totally different website. Yeah, that's a weird one. That, that's that was a little bizarre. How you doing, Eric? Uh, doing great. Uh, how was your weekend? Um, I'm trying to remember. I hung out with you. Oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I got sick this week, yep. and it's like it's like a wall in my right. memory. All I can remember is feeling miserable yesterday. Well, it happens to the worst of us. And. The memory of you hanging out from the weekend doesn't have trample. <laughs> completely, yeah, it so doesn't it doesn't get trample. through that one four wall <laughs> in my memory. Excellent. Yeah. Sorry. No, I had a good weekend. Yeah, it, it was a good weekend. Uh, you know, we got the, we found our Super Bowl contenders. It is going to be the Har Bowl. Yep. And did you know they're brothers? If I needed any more incentive not to watch, that would be it. Yeah. Well, you can't, so you won't. Yeah, but I mean, uh, rooting for the rooting for the Ravens. Yeah, I gotta go. Craving some Raven victory. Cra- Craving this- the Ravens. Yeah, I do kind of like the fact that it's East Coast versus West Coast. Mm-hmm. But I'm rooting for East Coast, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> How pissed off do you think the Ryan brothers are? Which Ryan brothers? Rex Ryan, and he has oh, a brother. He does have a brother, and they're both AFC NFC. Although I think Rex Ryan just got fired. <laughs> probably. Yeah. The Jets <laughs> did great probably this pretty year. Pissed off. Yeah. Sports Talk. Yeah, you're listening to KBON, the Sports Talk station on the bone. The bone. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of sports, I'm going to get right into the dedication this week. I'm going to dedicate this episode to none other than Steve Ballmer. Uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, he's Microsoft's uh, most energetic employee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also Microsoft's baldest employee mm-hmm. uh, for the Bald Move Network. And third, he is part of the ownership group that just bought the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, and, how much did they end up spending on that? Well, they so the, the total price is $525 million, uh, which is the biggest uh, price tag for any basketball team ever. Yeah, uh, aren't they paying like way too much? Well, not really, because the Maloofs are still keeping like 35%. So you basically take 35% off of that. And then oh. that's what they're actually paying. Okay. Um, there is a lot of, uh, you know, if we have any listeners from Sacramento, uh, I feel your pain. Uh, we had our basketball team stripped away from us, but it also made me completely jaded to the whole process. And I'm totally fine with it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a bummer, but... Uh, are you but, gonna get on the? Are you gonna like watch Sonic's games? Oh, I'm definitely gonna watch Sonic's games. Okay, I've already been trying to follow the Kings, although they have no players I've ever heard of. 
<laughs> uh, so that's a little difficult. Um, and they're and they're in like third. They're third from last place. So they'll fit right in here in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, the Sonics are are making their triumphant return. Uh, I heard some Blazers fans were talking some smack, saying that they're not going to be the real Sonics. Uh, whatever, they're Blazers fans. Uh, well, so the, won't the Sonics like share the victory with, uh, with Oklahoma? You know? No, no, they don't. They have a shared title or something. They do have a shared history, but okay. I think that only goes up until Clay Bennett bought. The Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't think it's it goes into the future. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like, it sounds like there's one and a half Sonics teams I, right now. I kind of like that idea. Like, if the if the Thunder win the championship, we technically win the championship. Yeah, because <laughs> we have a shared history. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Let's do that. Yeah, let us. Um, but yeah, we're getting our basketball team back, so I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel bad for Sacramento, but. Uh, root for the Bay Area. I know you guys are all 49er fans anyway, so just root for the 49ers. There you go. Know. Lettuce eaters. I don't need What's to rub the, it in. Is there a San Francisco basketball team? Uh, yeah, the Golden State Warriors. Probably the coolest, uh, name, um, of any team ever. Cause that's they're not, an, that's an NBA team? Yeah, the Golden State Warriors. Wow, I didn't even know that team existed. <laughs> Well, what are you going to do? They got the Warriors, they got the Clippers, and the Lakers. So don't don't worry about that, guys. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this one goes out to Steve Ballmer. There you go. So, J-Dog, what are you drinking this week? Oh, I, I just finished a nice warm mug of chai green tea. Oh, I thought you were going to say chai wheat beer from Pyramid Brewing Company. I was like, well, what is your problem? <laughs> well, it's good if you have it warm. <laughs> you just got to heat it up. Yeah, put a little milk in it. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightcap. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not really drinking right now. Yeah, that's probably a good thing cuz I'm sick. Yeah. Well, although I I find just a not you, you don't have to do it internally. I just do like a like a whiskey IV or <laughs> you know, find another way to get in your body. Um and it that, really yeah, it, keep, it keeps you from going into withdrawals. Exactly. It really just gets that blood boiling. <laughs> um, is a risk of sepsis, but uh, I hear Lance Armstrong's doctor is really good at preventing that. Yeah, I, I have him on call. Yep. Uh, this week I'm drinking just the uh, just your standard Sierra Nevada uh, Pale Ale. Sierra Nevada from Northern California. So don't hate everything. Yeah, it's Sacramento, man. <laughs> I am. I, I feel like I'm being very insensitive. I just feel like I'm so jaded by this whole thing. Like the Sonics leaving town left me so and like right now you know Sacramento like the mayor saying uh, we're finding investors and then now the investors are saying they're not letting us buy the team and they're like well we already sold the team so you can't it's it's like walking in the Best Buy and being like hey that guy just bought a an Xbox 360 I'll pay you the same price for it and it's like no we already sold it to that guy we can't sell it to you <laughs> uh, and, and and it's this whole thing and it's kind of it's it kind of bums me out because we've seen it from Seattle like there was a whole thing of like trying to find investors here and then like trying to get an arena deal flushed through and just nothing uh, happening and then just being ripped away. So I feel bad for Sacramento, but at the same time, I'm really happy to get the Sonics back because, and the fact of the matter is, 
you you got to be a little bitter by the whole process. So you you got to get your team how whichever way you can. Anyway, there you go. There you go. Seattle Sports Talk. I know that's what everyone came here for. Uh-huh. Uh, so I guess we're going to get some to some listener mail. How does that sound? Let's do that. All right. Speaking of Seattle, uh, Michelle W. went ahead and sent us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com, said, I recently discovered you through the Because Show and have been slowly catching up on your episodes. You guys are great and make me miss Seattle. I love your banter and strange but relevant topic choices. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I just listened to the episode where you bring up the Mafia. And was wondering if you've ever heard of the Queen Anne Mafia. Apparently, there's a group of teenage kids who like to spray paint ECK all over Queen Anne and throw fruit at the private school up the hill. Anyway, keep up the great podcasting and drink some great Seattle coffee and beer for me. Uh, preferably at the same time. <laughs> I haven't yeah, heard sounds of- like some real tough kids. Sound like super tough kids. Um, if there's one thing I've learned from my theater days, it's to keep away from people who are throwing fruits and vegetables. Wow. Uh. Wow. What? You can take that act on the road. I know, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard of the, of the Queen Anne Mafia. Uh, but, uh, sounds pretty, sounds pretty baller. Yeah, stay away from that. That neighborhood, Queen Anne, is really dangerous. Queen Anne's super dangerous. There's a lot of fabric stores. Uh huh. There's, there's a, hills. There's a hill. There's giant hill. Uh-huh. Which uh huh. Which I biked up once by yeah. mistake. Yeah. Those... Didn't know you could go around it <laughs> at the time. <laughs> yeah, there's actually a really easy way around it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, propensity, propensity of used bookstores, and I believe there's also a metropolitan market. Just the type of place you don't want to bring the kids. Yeah. You know, Steer clear. Um, Make them to friendly, family friendly Pioneer Square. Yeah, f- family friendly Pioneer Square, where you might get secondhand crack exposure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and we also got a phone call. We got a few phone calls this week. Uh, but good buddy Mitch gave us a call, and here's what he had to say. Hey guys, this is Mitch, uh, big time listener of the Personal Guns podcast. I just had to stop your latest podcast and uh, call you guys because the Star Wars Rogue Squadron TV series blew my mind. And I am thinking that it needs to be something along the lines of a Battlestar Galactica feel. And I think it would be awesome. So keep up the good work. Love your podcast. Yeah. All right. Peace out. Get off my back. Get off my back. Uh, thank you, Mitch. Uh, we always love when Mitch calls, and uh, we especially love it when he calls twice because it's twice as nice. Mitch decided that he had more to say, and here it is. Hey, Eric and Jesse, this is Mitch again. Uh, I totally forgot to mention that if you guys are into a uh, continuation of Star Wars and you like Legend Tellies, you need to be reading the new Star Wars comic that just came out uh, just about two weeks ago. And it has a uh, continuation from right after New Hope. It's got Wedge and Tilly's in it. It's got sort of a little bit of uh, Rogue Squadron in there. But it's great storyline. You guys should uh, start reading that now. So there's a tip for you guys. Count tip. All right. Stay arrogant. Get off my back. Get off my back. Um, that's actually really interesting. So that is a comic book that is... It basically forgets that Episode 5 happened, Episode 6 happened, or any of the prequels happened, and just picks up right after A New Hope left off, and then just 
just creates its own story. That's pretty dope. Which I kind yeah, I kind of love it because I feel like uh, we all love Boba Fett. We love him so much, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of interesting to, to get into a universe where he doesn't exist and see where. I feel like he's just kind of dominating. And like when they decided that all stormtroopers are clones of Boba Fett, that's when I was like, "Come on, guys!" It's like these people's lives are so intertwined. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe how intertwined the. Yeah. the that Darth Vader built C-3PO in his spare time, and like <laughs> that's true. You have yeah. a whole, you have a whole galaxy, a whole of galaxy people. people, and for some reason, these same people keep running into each other. It's like that <laughs> nose picker on the bus. You just keep seeing him. Uh, the whole uh, rebellion and war and everything is actually all just made up <laughs> to keep these people occupied, right? Just to keep them busy while the rest of the galaxy can go about their Yeah, there's like 12 business. people. They have magical powers <laughs> so they can drive this war for them to fight in. So they can just cape off a Bax. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to mention, Mitch was uh, Mitch was too shy to, uh, to gloat, but he does have a brand new uh, podcast. We don't talk a lot about comic books on this podcast, but he's got a podcast that's all about comic books. It's called Comic Sans. It's brand new. And uh, you should check it out on iTunes if you want more comic news. And they come at it from uh, very experienced comic book readers, and then there's some brand new ones on there, so you can get in at all levels if you're interested in comic books. Nice. So I'm going to stump for him uh, since he gave us a call. And uh, we got one more phone call. Um, this one's a little more mysterious, but uh, here it is. Hey, Eric and Jesse. Uh, hope you guys have a great day. And I like you guys' show. Take care. Get off my back. Get off my back. Uh, that was nice. Is anonymous. Uh, it's a 619, so I believe that's uh, San Diego. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken. But uh, Mystery Caller, thank you so much for calling, and we love your kind words. Thank you. Um, so that's listener feedback for this week. Uh, we got some more stuff on our Facebook page, but I'll hit that at the end of the show. Um, and now I think it's time to do a little Tiny Matt roll-off. What do you say? I'd say let's do it. Okay, we are each going to roll a 20-sided die to see who gets to speak first on this week's podcast. And here we go. <clears throat> What'd you roll? I rolled a five. I rolled an eight. Oh, bummer. So uh, as many many of our listeners know, uh, we had some technical difficulties. That's why we're releasing this podcast a day late. Uh, I thought that our mixer had died, but it probably didn't. It's a miracle. It's a miracle it did not die. did not prevent me from buying a new mixer. Uh, <laughs> and I also got a new microphone, and I got a new uh, uh, a spit guard, a new oh. foam guard, which was great because <laughs> I've had the same one ever since we started podcasting. Ugh. And in the past two and a half years, uh, let's just say I've seen zombies that I'd rather kiss. I don't know. The thing is, it turned from red to white. <laughs> No, it turned from blue to white. Or blue, uh, turned from red <laughs> yeah. to blue to white. Yeah, and then... Uh, I mean, like, how do you turn it white? I don't know. You have, like, bleach breath. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that I think that they should rub that on all babies' faces to make them immune to everything uh, that uh, that could possibly be. Because that foam guard is probably one of the most disgusting it's things. It's got flu. It's got yeah. bird no, oh, it's got monkey pox. Oh, monkey pox for sure. That was the worst <laughs> week of my life. Uh, so anyway, I got a bunch of new crap. Um, but we had to postpone a day, and it's almost a great thing. 
that we had to postpone today because nerd news exploded all over Jesse's face. And, yeah, it did. Uh, and we got we got blown up uh, from. Uh, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call him an all star listener, John O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Um, John O'Brien sent us a karaoke kit, and it's awesome. Um, so we'll break it. We'll break that out. Uh, but but also Jimmy Hall. Uh, Jimmy Hall also did it. We got listeners all over telling us about this grand news, and I'll cut to the chase. J.J. Abrams is going to direct Star Wars Episode Seven. Yeah, that is How, huge. What's your takeaway on this? It's it's weird. Like I, it, first of all, it's mind blowing to me, and the only reason is because J.J. Abrams is directing the Star Trek movies. I know crossover. Well. <laughs> I mean, he so J.J. Abrams has this kind of mythos uh, that he controls, and it's it's uh, it's tied together very loosely, but there are ties to it, um, and it it kind of goes in two different levels. So first of all, there's this corporation that he created called Tagruato. The only reason I know about this is because I got super into Cro- Cloverfield viral marketing back in college. I know that right. everybody else did, uh, so I don't need to explain that. Uh, but <laughs> but he uh, he created this company called Tagruato, which is like a, a Japanese company, and uh, and people may know it's more uh, it's more famous drink Slusho, and Tagruato and Slusho make appearances in uh, in a number of J.J. Abrams properties. He didn't direct Cloverfield, but he produced it. Um, and it's got a big, uh, big presence in that movie. The guy, the main character is actually going to work for Slusho in Japan. Um, but on Fringe, they drink Slusho, uh, drinks on Fringe. Um, and there was actually a Tagruato building in the, uh, in the original Star Trek movie in San Francisco. It has the Tagruato logo on it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that J.J. Abrams is going to defame the, or deface the, uh, the Star Wars franchise by putting Tagaroto and Slusho in there. But he does have a way of connecting his properties. And the other way that he does this is through monster creation. All of his monsters kind of look the same. If you look at the monster from Cloverfield, the monster from Super 8, and the monsters that were in the original Star Trek movie that he directed, they all have very similar characteristics. They're kind of like... It's hard to describe. They're like... They look like rancors, but they have like longer arms and legs. Yeah, kind of gangly. Yeah, maybe they are rancors. Maybe it was, <laughs> oh, maybe, there it is. Yeah, it was this homage to Star Wars all along. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just kind of mind blowing to me because uh, because he is the Star Trek guy, and you wouldn't think that you'd have the Star Trek guy doing the Star Wars as well. Yeah. Um, do you think that this could possibly bring the two fan bases together? Uh, <laughs> put on no, the pizza. I don't. I don't think that the fan bases are all that distinct, anyway. Okay, I think they are. Well, I mean, everyone has a favorite, but I feel like everyone kind of grew up watching both. Yeah, and I don't know what I think. What they should always do. I mean, that since the creation of the internet, mm-hmm. there has been an uh, ongoing debate, right? Uh, two ongoing debates. One, who was the best host of Mystery Science Theater? Yeah. Uh, the answer is Mike. Of course. 
And uh, the other is, who would win the uh, Star Wars universe or the Star Trek universe if all the ships were fighting each other? Oh, yeah. And this has been going on and on forever. In fact, that's how uh, friend of the show Aaron and friend of the show Ian became uh-huh. friends, was arguing about Star Wars on a uh, Star Wars versus Star Trek on an <laughs> internet forum. I love how Aaron makes all of his friends through the internet and he's <laughs> just like great friends with them. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's got that down, man. Yeah. Uh, no uh, catfishing there. No, no catfishing there. I did not but, get Teo'd. <laughs> but uh, anyway, maybe he could just go balls to the wall and make a big Star Trek versus Star uh, Wars ship battle. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do. There, there's just so many things that the uh, like. There's the possibilities are there. It, the the thing that ties it in is that I mean Star Star Wars takes place in a I think that's the problem is that Star Wars takes place in a ga- long time ago in a galaxy far far away so Star Wars takes right. place in the historical past whereas Star Trek takes place in the historical future yeah but I mean there's ways around that there are ways around it you could totally Jetsons Flintstone it and <laughs> uh, and you could have the Star Trek ship. Uh, crash land on a planet and find relic alien technology <laughs> from the Star Wars era, like lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's mind. And, and now Data's a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Deal with it. He's already a. Emo- <laughs> Actually, Data would make a great Jedi. Data would make a great Jedi, but that is not in the new Star Wars movies. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Come on, Star Wars: The Next Next Generation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 the other thing that I don't think I've talked about this a lot on the show, but, um, I'm a huge Lost fan and like, I'm a big JJ Abrams fan. I think I'm, I'm obviously I know about Tagaroto and Slusho, so I, I, <laughs> I might be a little too much of a fan, but, uh, but I, I really enjoy JJ Abrams and I think Lost is probably the best show. We're going to get a lot of arguments on this because I know we got a lot of Breaking Bad, Bad Men. Uh, Game of Thrones fans, but I think that Lost is the best show of the decade, uh, in wow. my opinion. And I think Lost was really stupid. I loved it. Yeah, the thing I loved about Lost, and uh, and the thing that I think that J.J. Abrams really captures, um, in his uh, movies and TV shows, is that there's a bigger, there's always something bigger happening. Like there's always a bigger world than what the characters are living in and mm-hmm. the characters are interacting and they're trying to figure out their own lives but there's always this bigger mystery that's involved um and that's something that i just when i when i look at the star what he's done with star trek and i look what he could possibly do with star wars in that respect about maybe uh, seeking out what is the force like what is the origin of the force or and not midichlorians but yeah midichlorians <laughs> yeah. tiny bacteria obviously uh, but like, what is, what is that bigger mystery that's wrapped around the Star Wars universe? I think that that's something that J.J. Abrams pulls off super well. Mm, so, so, so the movie, like the, the plot is the, the steak in the filet mignon and he's going to wrap some juicy bacon around Oh, it. he's going to wrap that juicy bacon. Okay. You know, the other part about this is, and we talked about this last week, is that, you know, Zack Snyder's already developing a Seven Samurai Jedi movie. And it may not be as big of a deal. Um, like, I think that uh, it'd be very interesting if Star Wars kind of becomes a James Bond-esque franchise in that uh, 
you get a new director for every movie and they're able to kind of put their own flavor to it. Um, but it lives within this mythos. Um, and so I, this is JJ Abrams. Would... Yeah. And then next time, you know, it's Zack Snyder or, or whoever. Um, or I think that would be a great thing to do with Star Wars, actually. I don't think we need another three movie story arc. Right. Right. They, and, you know, we can explore different aspects of it. We can have fun ones. I'd love to see, I, I talked about it before, I'd love to see Joe Cornish or Edgar Wright do a Star Wars movie. Uh, like, it, it could get really fun. And I also think that we need to be a little cautious because this was announced today on the day <laughs> that this podcast was recorded. And let's just remember back a few years when Guillermo del Toro was definitely directing The Hobbit. <laughs> so it's, I mean, this, this, this news really blew my mind because it's, it's pretty strange and crazy to have, uh, the Star Trek, the guy who owns Star Trek now do owning the Star Wars mythos. Yeah. But, I remember his, his name coming up in a list of potential right. directors and he shot it down. Like, no, I'm a, I'm doing Star Trek. Right. You can't but do I guess both. Now he's like, yeah, sure. I'll do both. Yeah, I also would have just really liked to see what Joss Whedon did with it. Cause, and he did such a good job with the Avengers, which means he's in Disney's pocket. They love him. He made them a billion dollars. Uh, he can obviously helm this type of franchise. And I would have just really loved to see if he could dig in and actually make Firefly in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. yeah. Well, like you said, maybe they'll do, take it in kind of a James Bondy way right. where they're not so interconnected necessarily from installment to installment and then Joss Whedon can do one later. Exactly. You know, that's, and that's what it sounds like. They're actually doing more of the Marvel model uh, where you're going to have your standalone films with, uh, with these characters in this mythos. And then you can bring them together for a tentpole film every, you know, uh, five years. Uh, wow. but in the meantime, you're, you're fleshing out these characters more individually. And I, I would love to see that with the Star Wars universe. I'm like, dude, burn me out. Burn me out. Throw as many movies at me as you can until I'm completely sick of them because I would just love to be able to just digest Star Wars for days. Yeah. I'm also, I'm just really excited to see a little bit of fresh air being breathed yes. into the Star Wars franchise. Yes. You know, may, maybe it's not going to be perfect and it's definitely not going to be what everyone wants, but at least it's different. And it's new. And it's new. And it's not George Lucas. We love the guy. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for giving us this, but please get away. <coughs> uh, Step away from the camera. <laughs> yes. Just back up towards your giant pile of money. Uh-huh. And uh, build that low-income housing on your ranch. Do it. Um, nothing would make me happier. So, uh, Jesse, do you have anything else to say about this? No. Uh... I think it's it's cool and exciting. I'm not as big of a J.J. Abrams fan as you are, but yeah. I did actually – I like Super 8 a lot. Super 8 was good. I kind of got lost in the middle of it, but I liked how it captured kind of that childlike wonder that was captured so well by Steven Spielberg in the 80s. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, Jesse, what's your first topic? Well, um, kind of apropos to what was – Introduced to our introduction, mm -hmm. I want to talk about a little bit of board game news. Eric. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but there is a Firefly board game in the works. I did hear about this. Uh, so Toy Vault Inc. Right. Um, obtained the, the license to basically all sorts of, uh, Firefly. Right. 
what would you call it? Manufacturing rights or something? Yeah, they just got the exclusive rights to manufacture uh, Firefly-themed games. Yeah, so uh, they say, um, let's see, they're, sorry, I'm just trying to find it real quick. Uh, Toy Vault plans to launch mul- multiple tabletop games, mm-hmm. decorative pillows, a line of collectible mini plushies of the uh, entire Serenity crew and more. Okay. So, I don't know. It sounds like they're just kind of hitting it with uh, kind of a scattershot approach and just getting a bunch of merchandise out there. And I was reading some right. of the responses on their Facebook post announcing this. And one, Zachary Gaskin said... I think he spoke with wisdom, yep. Jedi-like even. Uh-huh. He said, tread carefully in the board game realm. Realize you're marketing these to geeks by default. No mass market shelf nonsense. Also, if you're enlisting the help of a noted game designer, mentioning his name might help your cause. <laughs> this is really interesting to me because um, when it comes to properties and developing board games for known properties... There's one board game company that does that, and it's Fantasy Flight. Right. They did, did the Battlestar Galactica board game. They knocked it out of the park. Uh, they've just they now have the exclusive rights to develop Star Wars board games. Uh, X-wing maybe not so great. I haven't played the collectible collectible cord ugh, collectible board game or the uh, they also have a pen and paper RPG that they're releasing. Um, but uh, and then they the StarCraft, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know they're 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 the guys who make those property board games. And I read that the, what's this company called? Toy Vault Inc. Yeah, Toy Vault. Apparently they're they're trying to open the miniature market, um, and trying to get I guess be kind of the U.S.'s games workshop. Um, so that's oh. kind of interesting, but I don't think that really lends itself to Firefly. No, that doesn't translate to. Firefly very well at all. Yeah, there's no real epic wars happening and no, <laughs> no real space battles. Mostly just a uh, character conflict. Yeah. Oh, I don't... Yeah, <clears throat> it, it's exactly the character conflict that makes you kind of think of the Battlestar Galactica board game. Right. And I don't... That that would be kind of the model you would think to go off if you're doing a, a game like Firefly. What mm-hmm. What kind of stuff do you think this game could or should include well it's really tough i mean i think that um it would be really compelling to do just a straight up smuggling board game um that has like maybe has uh like firefly flavor Mm -hmm. um but it'd be like an lcg smuggling board game where you have to go planet to planet and you're trying to trying to uh beat other smugglers um and you can upgrade your ship, and you can get mm. crew on your ship that'll help you with certain aspects of the smuggling process. Uh, and I think something like that, something that's not like a direct ripoff of the story, but more using the mythos and the flavor in a way that fits the mythos and the flavor, not something that, you know, tries to, like I say, create like epic space battles <laughs> in the Firefly universe. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to do it. I, I'm... I want to, I, I feel like it should be more of like a, you have a character, your character has these agendas and you can, you're not sure who you can trust kind right. of a game. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what Firefly is all about. You got, you know, two people on the run from the law. You got one guy who's like 
kind of a thug and a killer and he's out for himself. And then you have, you know, these other people with this loyalty to a dead rebellion. And you're never sure exactly where everyone stands. Yeah, it might be cool to do like a bang type of uh, card game or something. Right. That's a lot more fleshed out where you could each, but each person has their own win condition and you're trying to will the other people to your win condition while yeah. they're trying to get to their win condition. Yeah. That sounds pretty neato. And you're constantly being threatened by the, uh, what are they called? Are they called the Alliance? I don't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's because I'm sick, damn it. <laughs> I think they're called the Alliance. Yeah. I, I think the main thing here is that, uh, so Toyvolt bought these rights and, you know, I'm, it's, it's too early to judge, but, uh, I think that, like I said, that commenter had a very sound advice that you've now inherited a geek property. Yeah. And this isn't creating those, uh, you know, Twilight, uh, board games that you can buy at Target. This needs to be something that caters to nerd sensibilities. Or right. else it's going to be the worst thing. Yeah, because then uh, you're going to get zero sales because yeah. the the broad there's not exactly the broad appeal of people who right. are just going to pick it up because it's a Firefly board game. Right. And the nerds aren't going to buy it unless it's good. Exactly. Uh, so you can lose both ways if you don't play your cards right. Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's exciting. I'm excited to see what they do with it, and uh, hopefully, it's are you gonna fun. buy those plushies? Oh, I'm totally. I already have my pre-order. I'm just gonna buy seven Jane plushies. Oh, yeah, I just love that there's also decorative pillows. That just makes me think that there's like gonna be a body pillow of a each of the crew. <laughs> I gotta get a Shepherd book body pillow. Yeah, see, that's what I'm going for is the Jane body pillow. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> It's big. It's a and, big pillow. It's got a beanie on the top. Comes with a beanie. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love it. All right, J-Dog, you ready for some trivia? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, we are still doing tri- Genus 1 of Trivial Pursuit. Uh, we got to flesh this classic guy out before we can uh, get to any new stuff. Uh, I'm going to roll a six-sided die here, and I rolled a five. Jesse, you know what that means. Science and nature. All right. Haven't done that one in a while. S and N. S and N, baby. S S S N N N. That song was so bad. Anyway, it's that song cracks me up. Plus, it's got a good beat. You can dance to it. me. Jesse, save it for loser karaoke. Okay. Okay, Jesse. This question's for you. What does the Greek geo denote? Uh, land. I'm going to say earth. Yeah, I didn't know if I wanted to say earth or land. Should have said earth. earth Damn it. Uh, this question's for me. What bird can swim but can't fly? I'm going to say a penguin. Uh, I'll say the blue-footed booby. It's the penguin. Jeez. Uh, J-Dog, this question's for you. What did Lewis E. Waterman invent? Uh, the watermelon? Uh, I'm going to say the waterman. <laughs> the fountain pen. Oh, duh. Classic waterman fountain pen. Uh, so I already won, but this question's for me. Who was known as the Prince of Light? I'm going to say Thomas Alva Edison. 
I'll say um, Thomas Kincaid. <laughs> it's Thomas Edison, but I think it's I think it's oh, that's the Master of Light. Uh, Thomas Painter Kin- of Light. Tommy Kincaid, baby. Uh, <laughs> all righty. Uh, so now it's time for the second topic of the show. Uh, oh, I won everything this week, Jesse. That means that you uh, get to do loser karaoke. That's not happening. That was a one-time thing. Uh, Jesse, I'm gonna have to say a song that I know you're not. You're gonna. You can't help but sing. Oh, and that's better the, alive. That's the Firefly theme song. Oh, okay. Well, why not? All right. Take my life, take my land, take me where you cannot stand. I don't know if that's the words. I don't care if I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. Take me out to the black. Tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea. You can't take the sky from me. The end. That was excellent, dude. Uh-huh. That's a bravo moment. <laughs> oh, wow. I think that was winter karaoke, in my opinion. hey All right. Now it's time for the second topic of the show. Uh, this one was also sent in by our trusty listeners, um, and it's about another movie property that I'm very excited about. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which is a new Marvel property that's going to be, I think, coming out in 2014 or 2015? Mm-hmm. 2014. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's about a uh, crack team of uh, dudes fighting against Thanos, because everybody knows Thanos is going to be the villain in, in Avengers 2. Um, but they're trying to figure out the casting of this right now. Um, there's a bunch of dudes I haven't heard about, uh, like Cam Gignett, Chris Lowell, and Wes Bentley. They're all up for the lead role. Wes Bentley? Wes Bentley, baby. That's a stripper name if I ever heard one. <laughs> Wes Bentley as the dirty cop. Uh, stage two, Wes Bentley. <laughs> uh, apparently, they're all up for Peter Quill, who is uh, also known as Star Lord. He is the protagonist and the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy. But there's some Star Lord. There's some rumors that are going around. <laughs> the most pretentious superhero <laughs> name ever. <laughs> I think Jeez. it's awesome. You don't want to tone it down a little bit, really? Star Lord? Yeah, Star Lord. I, I don't see any problem with that name. <laughs> just maybe a little much a little curious yeah, well like... I am the lord of stars <laughs> I'm not sure stars can even be owned in any way <laughs> stars can be owned you can buy them and name them after <laughs> your grandma <laughs> those uh... are not officially recognized by <laughs> NASA <laughs> they're officially recognized by the star buying council <laughs> um, the Council for Selling Suckers starts. <laughs> the CFSSS. <laughs> um, so anyway, they're up for Star Lord. There's also been floating around the guy who played Chuck, uh, the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There's a bunch of people who have been floating around for the Star Lord Star Lord thing. That's some range. It's a rangy. It's a rangy role. Uh, but it also seems like they're going to try to do plenty of comedy. It's going to be directed by James Gunn, who did uh, Super. He did Slither. He did. Uh, he wrote the original uh, Scooby Doo movie. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, but they're also uh, talking about uh, casting some of the other roles, and apparently, 
both Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler have been uh, inquiried as to their uh, availability to be a part of this film. And Yeah, this is going to be a disaster. Well, <clears throat> I think that when you when you look at these two actors, obviously they're they're larger than life. But it sounds like there would be more suited to voice actor roles because there is Rocket Raccoon who's a part of this who is a raccoon in a spacesuit. Mm-hmm. Uh so he is probably not going to be played by a guy in a costume. Um <laughs> if he is, it should be a, it should be Jim Carrey because uh, he did so well with the Grinch. Uh, right. And then there's also Groot, who is a tree man, um, and he is presumably also going to be CGI. I think. That, See, I, I don't need celebrity voice actors. <laughs> okay, just get a normal voice actor. And yeah. By the way, what's the chance that Adam Sandler is actually a better voice actor than the other person who just does voice acting? Slim to none. Adam Sandler. I don't need it. It's distracting. Because <laughs> it's like, you can't think of it as actually Rocky Raccoon. It's just Adam Sandler. And they always feel the need to make the character kind of look like the celebrity <laughs> voice talent. Yeah. And that's super distracting. Well, there's a couple. You know, Adam Sandler's done plenty of voice acting. He did Eight Crazy Nights, which he voiced all of the characters in. <laughs> Yeah. And he also just was in Hotel Transylvania. He played the Dracula character, reprising his famous role from the mid-90s. I'm not saying he hasn't done it. Right. Well, that's <laughs> just saying like, maybe he shouldn't do it. There's this new movie coming out this summer. It's an animated, it's an animated film, and it's called, uh, what is it, The Crudes? And it's about, like, cavemen. Uh-huh. Um... It's from the creators of Ice Age, which make me think that it's just a continuation of the Ice Age oh, story. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. The, the ads for that. One, one of the things that's, that's off-putting about this movie, too, is that Nicolas Cage uh, is the voice of the main caveman. Right. So, and Nicolas Cage, not known for voice acting, uh, pretty much known for just showing up for whatever movie he's cast in mm-hmm. uh, and being Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So I don't, I, you know, like you say, celebrity voice acting. Uh, I don't need it. I don't need it, man. I just don't need it. Unless um, it's Pat. No, actually, still. <laughs> Mark Hamill is the only one. Mark Hamill is the only one. Mark Hamill is pretty much a voice actor at this point. Yeah, it's true. Um, Although he has a new movie coming out, I guess. Oh, great. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,. But uh, but there is some interesting thing here. So this was released by uh, Latino Re- uh, what is it? Latino Review. I want to make sure I got this right. Let La- yeah, Latino Review, and they- they've actually gotten like every spoilery uh, thing about uh, about these new Marvel movies correct. So really, uh, yeah, they're what's they're- their inside man? I don't or know. Woman, I guess it's the Latina Review. Yes, uh, but uh, I-, I don't know. But apparently, <laughs> this is good. But. Uh, this is this is good info, but I was reading in the comment section. This is interesting, Jesse, because you brought up a commenter. I want to bring up a commenter, okay. and uh, this is from In the Shadow, who has the top comment on the site. It says, "Can someone please explain to me just how Adam Sandler managed to become so big? Because I really don't get it whatsoever." Mm. So it's the '90s thing. This is a this is a moment of my life where I realized I am now old. Yeah, it's it's just you had to be there. You really did. 
it's you just had to be there for Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. And this is the thing about Adam Sandler. Yes, he makes he makes the worst movies now. He makes like he just had that movie. I don't remember what it's called. He was like some guy's like stepdad, and it's just like like the worst movie I've ever oh, seen. Oh, that's my boy. That's my boy. I wanted to bring this up because some guy from work brought uh-huh. in the DVD for that. It's been like making the rounds. Uh-huh. Like the people at work have been watching it and they all love it. Everyone <laughs> loves it. I think that it could just harkens back. His humor <laughs> harkens back to a simpler time. I think, I think that's probably it. Cause like, uh, my boss, his favorite movie is Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just like that kind of nineties bonehead comedy. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber, um, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore are two great movies. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. American and classics. When those came out, I was a target demographic. I was like 12 <laughs> years old, and I ate that shit like oatmeal with maple syrup in it. It was yeah. it was deliciously hilarious. Um, <laughs> it was just like, and, and, and that's it. I mean, it's kind of the carryover. I feel like Adam Sandler is the Chevy Chase of our generation mm. in that... Now everybody yeah. hates him, but we have a very fond memory of him because we remember him on SNL, and then we remember his first movies, and we love seeing him carry through, but now everybody just thinks he's annoying. Soon Adam Sandler will be the star talent on an underrated uh, <laughs> network yes. show, yeah, and ends up being like a huge hassle to work with, and everyone ends up hating him. <laughs> the other thing is like uh, his production company, Happy Madison Productions... Produced Grandma's Boy, which is a great which I movie. Liked. It's a, it's a movie that is like the greatest movie for nerds. <laughs> it's a movie about video game testers mm. living with Except your grandma. That's not realistic to video game testing at all. I don't care. That's what it's about. <laughs> Plus, it's got Jonah Hill when he was like super huge, which yeah. uh, I always think is really interesting to see him because, like, you know, he's kind of a big guy in uh, Super Bad, but this he had like a super huge phase, and if you look at him, he's got cameo appearances. In Grandma's Boy and in Forty Year Old Virgin, where he is super huge. Mm-hmm. So, and I like him. I think he's the bigger he is, the funnier he is. Yeah, just like Chris Farley. <laughs> just like Chris Farley. Uh, Look what it, happened to him. Just ugh. Living the high life <laughs> in heaven. Can't live the high life any higher than heaven. <laughs> yep. Um. So anyway, that, I just found that so interesting because I, I'm like, of course everybody knows why Adam Sandler got to be big because Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore were gigantic movies. Mm-hmm. And like, he didn't, he didn't like strike out there. I mean, like, I really liked, uh, you know, Big Daddy. He had a series of movies. Mr. Deeds is like wacky and funny. I, yeah. Big Daddy was good. I yeah. think it kind of went off the rails around like Little Nicky. Yeah. Little Nicky was. That was where everybody was like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And that wasn't even that bad of a movie. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it was just weird. It was a weird concept. Yeah. Not to mention Adam Sandler in his dramas is amazing. Right. Like Punch Drunk Love, amazing movie. Rain Over Me, amazing movie. So I don't know. It's great. But it, that, that's the top comment on the site. So it just made me feel super old because apparently people don't remember <laughs> why Adam Sandler is famous. And he's yeah. actually famous for a reason. <laughs> uh, yes, his movies are stupid, but they filled a gap in that uh, See, you know late '90s era when the late '90s were crazy. Guys, you had NSYNC, you had Britney Spears, mm-hmm. you had Dave Matthews. Everybody loved Dave Matthews in the mid '90s. 
The thing is, that comment was probably written by like a fifty-year-old guy. Oh. He was too old for the for the crest of Adam. Yeah, it's all it's so interesting. All of these things, uh, Adam's not Adam Sandler. Please, no, don't do it. Adam Sandler, no, 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 no. X Infinity knows. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's the fart jokes in his films. Everybody clearly loves toilet humor. That one was written by a fifty-year-old. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it, it makes me a little sad, but it and it makes me feel old, but it also makes me feel uh makes me feel proud that I know uh, why Adam Sandler is funny, and <laughs> that it'll always hold that special place in my twelve-year-old in the twelve-year-old section of my heart mm. of the funny the funny simpler times that we lived in in those late roaring nineties. Yep. Well, Eric, uh, yep. speaking of voiceover work, yeah. For my topic, I want to. Uh, I'm, I'm going to open up my file cabinet here. Okie doke. And uh, peer through the uh, the files alphabetically. Mm-hmm. X. There's a there's a Z. Uh, went too far. Oh, here it is. W. The WTF file. Excellent. So the man. The WTF has- files are right next to the X files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, sequel. <laughs> Spin off, I mean. Yeah. It's like the X-Files, but weirder. <laughs> anyway, um, this week's WTF Files, uh, the man who is a boy was the voice actor right. for Charlie Brown uh-huh. in the Peanuts television specials right. uh, in the 1960s is scheduled to be arraigned today on felony charges that include stalking. Oof. And uh, he's charged with 12 counts of making criminal threats and stalking his uh, ex-girlfriend, according to the San Diego District Attorney's Office. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I just, like, why is everybody always picking on him? <laughs> I did see a really funny uh, tweet. It was like, uh, Charlie Brown got uh, arrested. The voice of Charlie Brown got arrested today. The the cop was saying, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. On, on one hand, I was like, "Man, I, it sucks for this guy. He's probably just trying to lead a normal life, and he he did this like as a kid. He he made these movies. Well, so yeah, now, but like, he's also stalking ladies. I mean, it's not really a normal life of stalking people. <laughs> <laughs> well, your normal might not be other people's normal. <laughs> Maybe I'm defending this kind of behavior a little too much. Well, I think but you might I'm be. just playing devil's advocate here. Okay. You know, it's that's the thing is that it's it's interesting because there's all this stuff going around about the voice of Elmo right now too, right? And for the voice of Elmo, like that guy is Elmo. Like he created Elmo as a character, and anybody who's seen Being Elmo the documentary cried while hearing his story. I heard that there are like six people that do Elmo though. Yeah, but he created Elmo as a character. Like, yeah. Okay. I I see. He's like Elmo. One right, he's Elmo one. Backup Elmo's, and so it's sad because I feel like that really reflects on Elmo and kind of tarnishes Sesame Street in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this, he created, yeah, he created the character Charlie Brown. (laughs) Yeah, he created. See, that's the thing is that Charlie Brown is not uh, for me. He's always first a comic strip, like a Sunday morning comic strip, right? And not a, uh, and his voice is his voice. And that's yeah. coming from someone who played Linus in It's a Good Man, Charlie Brown in fifth grade. 
Wow, strong words. Strong words from a strong Linus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just bizarre. Yeah, but then again, it's not that bizarre. It's pretty bizarre, man. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I, I don't. Do you think it's set for life, like from making those mm. movies? Do you think like that's a like a life, a kickback, money? Did like it say mailbox money? Did it say how old he is? Uh, I think fifty six or something. Wow. Yeah, fifty six. And he did this as a child. He yeah, in the sixties. Wow. Yeah, I bet you does. They didn't have contracts like they do now. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, like you say. I mean, he's just a guy, and he got into trouble for doing some stuff allegedly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but now it's blown up because he's the voice of Charlie Brown. Yeah, so that sucks. But apparently, he has he like kind of embraced the whole Charlie Brown thing, and he's he's no he has like Charlie Brown on his Facebook page in like as his middle name, and he'll like chat to mm. Peanuts fans. Well, so asking for it a little bit. Yeah, I think Drew Carey also has a picture of Charlie Brown as his Facebook page. That's just Drew Carey. Oh, it is? okay. Yeah, they always get it mixed up. Mm-hmm. Well, the WTF file, man. Yeah, case closed on that one. File that one away. File that one under WTF. That's the other part of the the spinoff show. Okay. They just kind of open it up and read the file, and they're like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then close the file. <laughs> it's like TMZ. Like, it's a bunch of, like, uh, hipsters sitting around in a room. <laughs> WTF yeah. file. Um, I've never actually seen that show. I've uh, seen a spoof of it on SNL, so I feel like I've seen it. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> uh, we want to move on. We do some recommendations, but before we do, I want to recognize all the people who've been rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, uh, we got a lot of rating reviews lately. We love it when you do that. Uh, it really makes us warm and fuzzy inside. Um, so I just want to recognize some people. Tony S2 says these guys are awesome. Uh, I feel like I've known them for years and would definitely eat them last if we were stuck on a deserted island. Was this review helpful? Yes. Yes. Uh, very, very entertaining from Who is Moses? Found <laughs> 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 this podcast by listening to The Watching Dead, who recommended The Because Show, who recommended this podcast. All are great. I am addicted. Can't wait for more. Thanks for the bald move shout outs there. Uh, Adrini said, uh, You two are very funny. Love the geekiness. Much love from Detroit. Uh, and uh, we got. John O.B., we got The Because Show. Hey, The Because Show, that sounds familiar. We also got T.J. Hawk. Uh, he said that he didn't get his freak tote. We did have our uh, our, our rate uh, drive back in uh, the day. We did promise totes. The totes are still in a development phase. Uh, we're trying to find waterproofing material that is adequate for the Seattle weather, um, but we'll keep you posted, T.J., um, just a lot of good rate and reviews. We love when you do that. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and then uh, I want to do a quick Facebook rundown. Uh, every week we post on our Facebook page, ask us if there's anything you want us to gab about. And uh, you hit us up big time. Um, apparently uh, new shows like The Boondocks are going to be on Netflix. Jesse, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Apparently it'll be a lot of Adult Swim shows, which everyone knows I'm hopelessly addicted to and if venture brothers oh man yeah if the venture brothers was on netflix i would poop my pants so hard i flew to the moon <laughs> excellent uh 
Also, Jacob Jones Martinez says, "Have we played Bang? Yes, we played Bang. We love gang. We love Bang. <laughs> Whoa, we love gangs. We're a big fan of gangs, and we're a big fan of Bang. <coughs> um, Bang is a is is a card game. Uh, we mentioned it early in the Firefly talk, but it's basically you're a bunch of spaghetti western cowboys around the table, and each person has their own victory condition, and you're trying to kill each other. It's really fun. Um, he does say, uh, recommend checking it out." I would recommend checking it out too, but uh, only the starter set. Uh, I do not recommend the uh, expansions. I think it drags the game out too long and it makes it not snappy, which is the opposite of what you want from a gunslinging card game. Right. Um, he says, also, I know you're a professional brewer, but have either of you homebrewed beginner here looking to get started? Jesse, how should this guy get started homebrewing? Uh, just start with some basic extract recipes that you can do in a five-gallon pot on your stove, and uh, be extra careful with sanitization. Is there a book that he should get or something? Oh yeah, there's a complete, uh, complete joy of homebrewing by Papazian. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the brewer's bible. Uh, but I, I actually learned just by like talking to people and reading stuff off the internet and watching some videos and stuff. So you don't necessarily need it. Yeah, and start cheap. Don't uh, buy the most expensive stuff. Yeah, start. Yeah, definitely start cheap. Don't don't get ahead of yourself. Right. Take it step by step. You you'll want to have a few brews under your belt before you start upgrading your equipment. Yeah, and the other thing, like my, I have a I have a friend whose dad is starting a homebrew, and he's like already promising beer for people, and it's like you need to understand that your first few batches probably aren't going to be that great. Yeah, my first batch was actually pretty good my first batch was my best batch for a while which huh. kind of bummed me out yeah actually. that is bummer because you think you're gonna get better every time yeah exactly huh. but my first one was was quite good i made an irish nut brown ale yeah which is kind of an easy just an easy one to make the thing is i i like upped the difficulty mm-hmm. and uh didn't quite execute it as well as i could have wow i also learned a lot in those first few brews yeah it's a learning experience you're continually learning Right. Uh, and then Jesse, this one's for you. How did you decide on the name of your daughter? We had names picked out for years, but changed when the name actually is attached to a person. And, uh, he says that, uh, that's from James Patterson. He says, I played your board game advice for my group and they found it hilarious. Well, thank you, James. And Jesse, how did you name your daughter? Uh, well, at first, uh, Tasha and I had kind of different ideas. I liked like the Greek names i liked right. athena mm-hmm. and I, I had a couple ones picked out and then i remember uh, i remember calypso calypso maybe yeah there are a lot out there Calypso's but um, a good name. we kind of we ended up kind of settling on like a certain consonant cluster like l names like ellen eleanor oh lc uh ellie that kind of thing and mm-hmm. then uh when we we came to elsa we really liked that so it, it just was natural did you have and, the name picked up before you had her, or did you look at her and say that's an Elsa? Uh, we had it picked out already, and uh, then it was confirmed that's when big. she was born. Well, that's interesting because my apparently my parents were going to name me Aaron up until I came out, and really? then I came out of my mom, and they said that's not an Aaron, that's an Eric. Funny, that's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Elsa was an Elsa, so it worked out well. Well, that's good. And uh, and that's uh, that's all of our uh, Facebook stuff. Uh, we did get some new friends this week: Aaron Martinez, Mark Calabio, Josephus Hallett, uh, Jacob Defour, 
Uh, we got a bunch of likes this week. Uh, thank you so much for liking our Facebook page. You can find us, uh, on Facebook and we're also under the, uh, bald move Facebook. Uh, can't, uh, can't forget John Dominic, Alex Cannell, Jacob Jones Martinez, Eduardo, Eduardo Salas Mata. Uh, thank you so much for liking us on Facebook. Uh, and there's other ways you can get in touch with us. You can, uh, of course, go to the bald move page. You go to baldmove.com. Uh, you can, uh, give us a call, leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024, or you can write us an email at personalarrogance at gmail.com. Jesse, what's your first recommendation? Oh, um, my first recommendation is a show that I watch. It's on Netflix, and it's a History Channel production. It's uh-huh. called Ancient X-Files. Okay. So I, I had to watch this, it. So because- this is the WTF Files. <laughs> yeah, it actually is the WTF files. Yeah. I had to watch it because I was like, oh, geez, more of this ancient aliens, blah, blah, blah. I was curious, so I watched an episode, and then I realized it's actually basically the old In Search of History show, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they're trying to sneak in real <laughs> history under the guise of, like, ancient aliens, ancient X-Files, all this stuff. But there's actually good, interesting history there. So it's everything the History Channel shouldn't be. But should be at the same time. Yeah, it's it's what it should be disguised as the bubblegum garbage that people like. Excellent. Like ancient aliens. Okie yeah. doke. Um, and then uh, my first recommendation this week is going to be uh, Guitar Center. This is an interesting recommendation for me because I used to hate Guitar Center. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I went in there. The last time I went to Guitar Center, I went in to buy a capo for my guitar. Just like a little clamp that you put on the neck of your guitar that raises the key. Um, and I go in there and I've bought this capo numerous times before. And I go in and I ask for this capo. It's like $7. And there was like this 16 year old girl behind the counter. And she was like, you know, when I'm playing guitar, I really like to play with this capo, which is like twice the price because it's like, wait, it clamps really better. And I'm just like, I have played guitar since you were like five years old. I know the capo I want. I didn't say this to her. <laughs> this is all internal. <laughs> uh, and then from that moment on, I was like, because, cause, you know, they work on commission and it's very obvious right. and all this stuff. But I went to buy this mixer today and the customer service was awesome. It was top notch. Not to mention, mm-hmm. I, I called them on the phone. I had to talk to them on the phone, the customer service on the phone. They were also very nice. They asked <laughs> me how my day was. The student was like, I have ice ice baby stuck in my head. They were like real people. So, <laughs> Guitar Center, you won me over. Um, in my moment of need, needing a new mixer. So uh, I'm going to recommend Guitar Center for now. Excellent. Yeah, you're on watch, though. Yes. Uh, what's your recommendation, Jada? Okay. Uh, I'll tell you in a second, but I do want to share a quick anecdote that okay. I just remembered from Ancient X-Files. Okay. Which was, uh, so they're, they're basically trying to find the labyrinth of mm-hmm. uh, the Minotaur, you know? Oh, okay. And... Uh, that like Theseus Slade or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're they're on the island. I can't remember. Right. Anyway, <laughs> Minos. Uh huh. I guess. Okay. So they're, they're they're looking for the labyrinth, mm-hmm. and um, they find this like underground cave system that was carved out in ancient times. And um, when you went in there, uh, there was a wall with a bunch of names carved on it from like modern times. Right. Of people who had been there, including like a French spy. Uh huh. And they're like, but, but someone else has been, has also been there. And they pan out and there's like crudely drawn swastikas 
Oh, really? And they're they're like, the Nazis were here. And I was like, okay, so if the Nazis were everywhere that I've seen a crudely drawn swastika, <laughs> they would be in the fairy bathroom. Right. They would be in the public library. Uh-huh. <laughs> they would be everywhere. But then it turned out the Nazis actually were there. So for my recommendation, <laughs> I have another television show I've been enjoying. I've been watching this on Hulu Plus. Okay. And that show is Catfish. Have you seen this, Eric? Is that the movie? No, it's a TV show, an MTV show. Oh, what is it? Uh, so apparently catfish is a term for someone who pretends to be someone else on the internet. Right, because there, there's a movie called Catfish, which came out a little while ago. Right, yeah, it's that same guy. Right, right. okay, okay. So he's doing like a TV series now. Uh-huh. And um, so basically they just, they find someone who's on an online relationship and wants to meet the person, and then they do a little bit of investigating and try and figure out if the person's real or not, and then right. go and confront them. right. And it's kind of interesting. It's almost it's a little to catch a predatory. It's a little cheaters. Well, that was the whole thing about the movie Catfish was that it was supposed to be a documentary, but it seemed really scripted, and it seemed like oh, really? everybody was like a bad actor. Huh. So either the guy is super ingenuine seeming, or it might just this might just be a scripted show too. Well, it seems all right. All to right. Me. I I haven't. I haven't really gotten any red flags or anything. Okay. And it's interesting, the whole thing with Monty Teo and, like, the whole thing's coming up with him uh, from Notre Dame. Maybe he's just on this show. And this is uh, <laughs> viral marketing. No, no he's a uh, executive producer. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, this whole scandal of his was to drum up interest in right. the show. Right. It's all viral marketing. Yeah. Uh, and then my, sec- my recommendation this week is going to be the Limited Resources Podcast if you're into magic cards, and I know you are, <laughs> uh, you should uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, there, it's really interesting right now because we're starting the Gate Crash release, which is the new edition of uh, Magic that's coming out um, in the next couple weeks, and uh, and so they're gonna help you get all the information you need to build your best deck uh, when you're drafting or doing a sealed uh, sealed uh, competition, or if you're just trying to build your limited deck. It's gonna be good if you listen to this podcast. And do it if you're. I'll have to listen to that. I find it very enlightening, and they like kind of talk about little combat tricks and stuff that'll be really fun. Last week they had a a rules judge on there who really broke this down. Uh, Awesome. There there are some weird rules in Magic that I need clarified. There are. Um, You know, like one of the things that you were you were asking me is like death touch. Uh How does that work? Or first strike? How does that work? Um, Because I have a first strike death touch deck. But actually, if you have first strike or double strike on a creature, um, it actually creates two combat phases. So uh, the combat phase happens, and then there's another combat phase that happens after that combat phase. Wow. So if you kill someone in the first combat phase, then the second combat phase doesn't happen. And that's how it works. Welcome to the rules game. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so like if you had a double strike lifelink, you would only get lifelink from the first hit because they're dead by the second combat well unless it didn't kill them like if you have a one one lifelink then you would get two life right but if you had like a if you had like a four four lifelink double strike and you hit like a one one guy mm-hmm. you would only get four, four lifelink life. yeah back. you should <laughs> i don't know about lifelink i just yeah whatever this is endlessly fascinating. It is endlessly fascinating, listeners. and I know that everyone loves magic. So, 
Next week, 100% magic cards. Uh, <laughs> They've already turned off the show anyway. Yeah, and, and, the, and then I also want to give one more shout out. Uh, Christopher Hannigan wrote in. He had a recommendation. The Adam Savage, the Adam Savage Project. It's the guy from MythBusters, Adam <laughs> Savage, uh, who should have been a candidate for Ginger of the Year. Maybe next year. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Thought of your show a few months back when you were talking about tools. Might be uh, something you guys would like. And. Uh, and he also likes our old theme song, which we played uh, in last week's show. And uh, and we love you, Christopher. So thank you for listening. Indeed. Anything else? No, sir. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening this week. We're sorry we're a day late, uh, but we have a new mixer, and it's very fancy. So we're very excited about that. <laughs> and uh, we like to remind you that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please. Stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.